Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. And welcome back to Bink at Night. Don't forget... At training camp this Saturday and Sunday, we get a nice little tent out there. It's the home of the Kansas City Chiefs, and we'll bring you football, football, and football. And I'm pretty sure NFL Network, our next guest, will be bringing us football, football, and football. You've heard it before. It's Mark Ross. Spent 11 years with the New York Giants, winning two Super Bowls, also time with the Bills and the Eagles, and he's in the Ivy League Hall of Fame. Former Princeton guy. My guy, Mark Ross from NFL Network, you can catch him on Twitter at Mark Ross. That's M-A-R-C, Ross. You can see Mark throughout the week on NFL Network's NFL Now, starting at noon, Kansas City time. Mark, good evening. How are you, sir? Excellent, excellent. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, Mark. Are you as ready as I am? Because, you know, we, we kind of got, we, we, we got robbed last year, I'll be honest with you, because it seemed like, you know, you had the Chiefs, the parade, the shutdown, boom, they're starting the season without training camp and everything. It just it didn't feel like we had the, the time we needed last year. Right. It was obviously you know unprecedented what happened last year with the pandemic and everybody just trying to get adjusted, just figure out what was happening, what was going on, and you know, anything normal, like celebrations, that that fell by the wayside and wasn't that much importance. It was about the health and safety of the players and the staff and the organization. Sure. So Hey, just go out there and win another one this year, and then you can go do the whole. You go parade next year. Hey, Mark, what do you, what are you making of this? Because uh, Andrew Howard from NFL Network sent something out on communications, obviously talking about the coverage you guys are going to have, which is incredible. But also, he put something on here I found interesting. You go back to two thousand ten of the thirty one teams, thirty two percent had training camps um, away from home, so there, there, there was only ten teams or excuse me, home training camps. There was 10 out of 31. Now we have 27 of the 32 teams having training camp at home, the highest we've had in the last 21 years. The Chiefs, one of four teams to have training camp outside of Kansas City. The Washington football team does for five games in their back at their home place. Is this a byproduct last year, Mark? Is something I was afraid of with all these teams having those home training camps last year, they might get kind of used to it, and it appears they have. Yeah, it's a combination of things. So I've done this with both with the Eagles, Bills, and with the Giants, where <clears throat> had home and away. And it was a byproduct of, number one, the old facilities that teams used to have. You couldn't really have training camp there. 
especially with the expansion of fans being there, the fan experience and all the games and everything that goes on with it. So you couldn't have that there. That's why teams had to go away and kind of take over college campuses where they had to have enough space to do it. But now with all these teams building these immaculate, <clears throat> gorgeous, huge practice facilities with much, much more space, they were able to, to do it and house the training camp there. So that, that was a combination of things. And if you ask staff, they like not having to move. The, the IT guys don't have to, to just get the computers and change the video guys. don't have to switch everything. If you can just stay at your own place, and be comfortable and do it. I think most people with teams uh, would rather do that. But also last year, did, I think teams learned, okay, we, we have a new way of doing things, and I think you'll see this more with meetings and such, that we don't have to have scouts flying all over, coaches doing all this. We can do much more things efficiently and effectively and not spend a lot of money traveling uh, to, to, to do things in-house more so than, than outsource things. What did you prefer personally, Mark? Like outside the IT stuff and all that, did you did you think there was any camaraderie to be built between teammates? No, I think uh, we and actually we had uh, with, with Coach Coughlin when we made the switch. He was apprehensive because he was just so old school. But our we had a guy actually do a study about teams that you know teams that stayed home and teams that went away, and there really wasn't a difference. So I guess really? there was no winning edge of going away. But that's the you know that's the nice thing to say to build the camaraderie. But there really was no winning edge for teams uh, going away. So. Uh, myself, I, I like staying, sleeping in my own bed and, and those sort of things, uh, being in your own office, and, and I think most people kind of prefer that. One thing that you guys are going to do with uh, at NFL Network, uh, uh, Mark, is uh, some. I know Peter King in his column a couple months ago, he said something there could be like a midnight madness since all the teams are practicing except the ones in the Hall of Fame game or the first game of the season. But a majority of the teams, 29 of them, are basically starting on the same day. But you guys are doing uh, – you know, they're calling a training camp back together fueled by Gatorade, and you're going to have 13 hours of live coverage. I mean, I love this stuff. I eat this stuff up. They send you to a training camp or whatever because I'll be honest with you, I like this concept. Oh, well, that's one thing, as you know, the NFL knows how to create they do. a revenue, they create content. They do it. It's amazing. And when I really started going with the network where – I saw it firsthand. It's like, we want to talk about this. Why? It's because people watch it. So let's do it. You know, <laughs> let's do it. Let's market it. People will watch it. And let's make money. Let's make revenue off of it. And it really is amazing how they're doing this uh, with the training camps. And I what well, there's 7,000 preseason games they're going to show, like back to back. And it's <laughs> insane what they're doing here with, with that. And, uh, you know, the March Madness thing will probably come. And I'm yep. sure they'll find more ways to. Inside a meeting room, eventually we'll get to that where they'll show you know more expanded kind of hard knock sort of thing. So you know the NFL it really is brilliant. Uh, you know there's a reason why besides the, the intrigue of the game itself and the stars and the players, but they do know how to create uh, intrigue with the game and no matter what it is. Mark, they're smart about what they do. I bring it up all the time. I mean, you think about something as you know like the schedule release. They used to come out, nobody made a big deal of it, but. You know, we're sitting there seeing the morning shows with the NFL partners, you know, putting out a game, the first week's game. And then you had websites kind of trying to put the schedule together. Then, of course, at night we got them all. But I never hit refresh so much in one day. But the NFL can take something so minuscule, put a special on on TV, and we, the consumers that love the NFL, just eat up the product. Like, they know it. We like it. It's in our conscious. Something as simple as a schedule release dominated the airwaves. Yeah, it's, and again, and as I said, it's amazing. The first thing that kind of with me was at the at the combine when I would be at the combine, and we're all timing, and we're sitting there all day long. It's dragging, and once the, once the NFL 
network started broad showing it. I'm saying, why would people just want to see guys just running and jumping? And sure enough, you know, I'm sitting there working and friends and family texting me like, hey, man, what about this guy? I'm like, you guys, why are you guys watching this? Go do something with your, your kids or something. But people love football. No matter what aspect of it, they want to watch it. They want to be inside. They want, they want to see everything because, you know, the, the fans are that passionate about everything and feel like, hey, we're seeing, you know, nonstop what's happening with our teams, and that's what the NFL has done. Let's create a nonstop 24-7, 12, 12 months a year uh, content for our fans. Mark gets it. He's a Princeton guy. He's also got two Super Bowl rings from the Giants in the front office. You can catch Mark throughout the week on NFL Network's NFL Now starting at noon central. And, Mark, Melvin Ingram signed with the Steelers today. Uh, he was very limited and very careful in some of his visits. I know he visited Kansas City. He visited the Dolphins. I did not rule it out for Kansas City, especially with the Frank Clark situation. You don't know what the leverage would. Why do you think it took Melvin Ingram so long? Because was he part of that third wave that the GMs were talking about that would sign right before training camp? Do you think he wanted multiple-year deals? He only signed a one-year deal. And do you think he wanted to play for a contender? Why do you think the Melvin Ingram thing finally happened? Yeah, well, I think we kind of talked about this with certain people where, you know, he's, he is an injury. And that, that's the thing you don't know when you're with free agency is, okay, you, you know who's a good player, you know the value of the contract. But then once you start uh, digging into the medical history of these guys and what injuries they have, uh, that's when it becomes a concern and you don't know from the outside exactly how severe some of these injuries are. So you say, okay, he had a knee injury, he'll be better. But you don't know once uh, you get the guy how severe that injury is. So uh, obviously I think that might have scared a lot of teams away. Uh, it's a knee injury, but maybe there was something in there that a bunch of doctors were, were not sure about. So with the combination of him maybe saying, you know what, I'm worth more and I'm not just going to go you know, somewhere for a proven contract and I want to go to a winner. You know, He probably held a little bit of cards with where he wanted to go, but also I think there are certain things uh, from his aspect with the injury, that's always, always an issue for teams. And you want to make sure if you're paying someone some money that they're okay. So I think that might have played a part. Yeah, I definitely wanted to see Melvin Ingram. I always like watching him play, and uh, I've been hoping for that one. Like I was Juju, and I'm over two. And guys, I want to see the Chiefs. <laughs> we almost got Juju, though. Almost got him. I'm not. I'm, I'm still holding out hope uh, that eventually the Chiefs will. But Mark, coming from a front office perspective, I'm going to ask you this uh, talent wise. Uh, question: Will Shields, the Hall of Famer, was on this morning, and he was talking about you know it's kind of a combination. Do we as fans in the media make more of you know guys on the offensive line not playing together? But I'll say this: the Chiefs are going to have a brand new offensive line unless Rimmers he might be the one guy still on this offensive line unless LDT could could be part of it too. But they could have a couple rookies starting on this offensive line. They did show up to OTAs. They did show up to minicamp. How much time do you think, like Orlando Brown, Joe Tooney, these new guys, plus Creed Humphrey, the drafted center, how much time does an offensive line need to start gelling together? You've seen this plenty of times in the league with linemen that came back, played together. They know there's actually a lineman language that they have. But how much time do you think a line needs to gel? Yeah, I think the more continuity you can have as an O-line, I think the stronger you can be, you know, with the Giants teams, we didn't have a lot of superstars there, but with those guys played together so long and they were so comfortable with each other that they kind of, you know, were a solid group, a solid, really good group that, that helped us win. Um, so it's hard to just throw a bunch of guys together and, and, and hopefully it's a success. But the, the good thing is, you know, Andy Reid, he overcomes, he, he knows how to adapt, he knows how to adjust. 
Um, and, and he knows, uh, I think they've got a really good group there when you're talking about Pooh and Zed and Orlando Brown, Joe Tooney, one of the best in the league. Um, so I think when you got guys like that, it makes it a, a lot easier to throw them together. But I think there still might be some growing pains with that, and especially by who's going to start. So despite a lot of the moves that Casey made, and there's still a lot of question marks. And, and you mentioned Mike Remmers. And if they trot him out there again uh, at, at right tackle to start, that could be a concern. And, you know, you look at O-lines, and it's not about – hey, we got one star and four averages. You know, teams attack, defenses attack that weak link. And unfortunately for you guys, you, Mike Remmers has been attacked. I think a couple of weeks ago was Von Miller's birthday. They were showing the Super Bowl highlights, and there was, there was Mike Remmers. And so it, that's going to be a huge question mark for me, unless one of these young guys can step up or someone else moves a position and play right tackle. Um, so, but, but definitely they need to play, and they need to play together for a while to, to have that continuity. The, the more, the better. Speaking of Von Miller and the Denver Broncos, he's always showing a lot of respect towards the Kansas City Chiefs. They haven't beaten the Chiefs since Peyton Manning. And Peyton wow. Manning's getting ready to go in the Hall of Fame. It's been 11 straight. They're 8-2 and two wow. in the last 10 against the Raiders, 1-11 in the last 13, 8-2 against the Chargers, or 12-2 and two in their last 14. They've beaten the Broncos 11 in a row. And the Chiefs have won five straight divisions. Do you see any team ready in this division? I'm not talking outside. They're just in the AFC West ready to take that step forward. Now there's that fun little back and forth with Mahomes and Justin Herbert, you know, the golf course and all that. But, you know, defensive coordinator as the head coach, they passed on Eric Bieniemy, a former Charger, a guy that played in the Super Bowl with them to go defensive mind. Justin Herbert didn't have to audible in front of full fans last year. There could be a difference. Is there any team in this division that you think will wake up and say, all right, Chiefs, we got you. We're going to give you a run for this division. <laughs> Yeah, that's an amazing stat, by the way. That, that's, I mean, I know the Chiefs have been dominant, but that's that's It's insane. Andy Reid, thirty-one and five in the last five years against this division. They are fifteen is, and one on the road in the last two years, Mark. That is incredible. That's incredible. It really is. I don't know if that's been done before in the division. That's incredible. But that being said, yeah, if it is a team, I don't think the Raiders are it. Definitely don't think the Broncos. It would be the Chargers, and I don't think they're they're at the Chiefs level. Yet I don't know if they'll get there, but they're they're the one team with promise. They have the quarterback. Uh, of course, it'll be different as you mentioned, year two, a different coordinator uh, with the fans, all that adversity he has to face. But you know they they were seven and nine, lost seven games by one possession, and we know and you saw how bad some of those losses that yeah. they had, or they just completely just you know ninety five percent chance of winning, and they just gave up those games. So they were really a playoff team last year. Had a lot of injuries, you know, uh, but. You finish seven and nine. Your record is what it is, but they do have a lot of talent. They do have uh, the up and coming quarterback. Apparently, uh, it'll just be if this new coach, the new staff, can keep the same sort of positives that they had as a squad uh, and mitigate the negatives. Mark, uh, will we see the enemy get a head coaching job after this year? I hope so. Yeah, I really do, and it's 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 really it's it's really something that's just puzzling because. And and, uh, and then we may, I think we talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Will it go away? It won't go away because you got you know, unless you know unless something bad happens. Let's just talk about if Mahomes is still Mahomes and the team's a team. You guys are going to be good again, right? In the thick of it again. So here it is. Okay, the offensive coordinator and the one of the best offenses in the league with one of the best quarterbacks. And uh, you know it's just mind. It's just really mind boggling. And you know Eric Bieniemy was on um, you know this summer. I don't know if you heard about mm-hmm. the, you know the Bill Walsh Fellowship for yep. coaches and he presented on there with Mahomes and. When he's just on there, it's just, and I've known him, uh, you know, his last year in the NFL, we brought him in with, with the Eagles 
uh, as, a, as a running back, and, and he had that leadership. You could see that even then, even though he was on his last leg. I mean, he had it then. But then just, and I've seen him here and there, but of, of course, seeing him on this symposium, the way he talked and presented and, and the, 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 the relationship he had with Patrick Mahomes, he was on there with him, and then he presented by himself. It's just unbelievable the way this guy is. I mean, he's just a born leader, a natural leader, someone that you want to command a room, someone you want leading your team. So he deserves it, and I hope he gets it. Final question for you, Mark Ross, NFL Network, kind of join us live here at night. Uh, Mark, when, when you think about the Chiefs, how unusual is it to have for three straight years they've had Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, Mike Kafka on the offense, the same offensive staff except for running back coach Dylan McCullough that went uh, back to Indiana, but Spagnola, Dave Merritt, Sam Madison, Matt Howe. I mean, basically, they added a few different guys on defense, so not much. It is essentially the same coaching staff that has gone to three straight AFC title games, two straight Super Bowls. Like, to me, it's baffling, like, just how many coaches are back. I mean, that, that's an unusual thing in the NFL. It really is. When you're the, the, the best team and the standard bearer team, you – you usually get rated. Your staff usually gets rated, but this hasn't happened with KC, and fortunately for the team and, your, and the fan base and, and Andy Reid, that he can keep that same crew together. But that's one thing with Andy, and I worked with him back in the day. He always knew how to hire good coaches, and you know, he always had. We always had great coaching staffs, and the guys left, and you replace it with another great coach. And he really does have an eye uh, for that. And then, so you know, I've got, we've got the. the Eagles crew there of coaches that I know with Andy, but also the Giants crew as well with, with uh, you know, Spags who started Philly, but, you know, yep. made his bones with, with the Giants winning the Super Bowl, Dave Merritt, Shane Madison, all those guys. So he's got a really good uh, mix of, of coaches uh, from both t- from the tenure with the Eagles and then some, some Giants uh, with Giants ties that I know. So, you know, those guys are well-deserved. I've known Dave Merritt. He should get a shot somewhere, uh, you know, just as a coordinator, an outstanding coach, but just you just go down the line. It's just a, a really outstanding group of coaches. Well, you know what, Mark? I said final question, but Peyton Manning had made a comment that Brady might have 10 Super Bowls or more, if not for his mom. They created Eli Manning that won two of them, and Manning knocked, <laughs> Peyton knocked him out of three playoffs. He might be right about that. Yeah, you're 100% right about that. I mean, how about that? You know, the, really, the, the <laughs> brothers, that they're beating them, and hey, and I say this all the time with our two Super Bowls now. It wasn't like we crushed those guys. I mean, it was, you know, historic plays that it took to, to beat them and yeah. to beat Tom Brady. And really, they had the game in their hands with Asante Samuel in 07, dropped the interception before the helmet catch. And, uh, you know, West, in 2011, Wes Welker had the, the big drop on third down before the, the Manningham, the Manning, the Manningham catch on the sideline. So, I mean, really, two historic blunders by his team and, and two historic by art by the Giants that really uh, he would have definitely had two more. But you know what though, Mark, you got the job done. You got the bling. Mm-hmm. All right, you got the job done. I mean, That's football right. comes down the field plays. You got the job done, <laughs> and you have the rings to prove it. Mark Ross, NFL Network. Check him out each and every day on uh, NFL Networks. NFL Now starting at noon Kansas City time. Follow him on Twitter at Mark Ross, one of the best in the business. Thanks, Mark. Always a pleasure. There you go, Mark Ross, right there, NFL Network. And it's so true, man. It's like the most under-talked-about thing. These coaches are all back. Why? Do people just want the Chiefs to continue to dominate? He mentioned Dave Merritt might have a chance as a head coach. I'm with him. I think Matt House has a chance. Spags may or may not if, if, if he gets that kind of Vic Fangio thing where he gets another shot. 
but Kafka's destined to be a head coach. Eric Bieniemy is that they probably have four or five different guys that could be head coaches in the NFL. Daly, House, you name it. It's unbelievable. This could, but nobody wants this coaching staff. They're just going to keep letting them do their thing. We'll address some of the things Mark Ross said next. Bing at night. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yeah, I'm fired up, Grant. Ask me if I'm fired up. What, do you, what the hell do you think I am? Of course I am. How did you fire yourself up on your own promo? Got me juiced. Did it? Did it get you jacked? Yeah, it did a little bit. For football, smell of beer, training camp. It's back, baby. It's a great promo. Just comes out of nowhere. Oh, appreciate you playing it and making it your ringtone. Appreciate that, man. You're a good dude. I haven't had a ringtone for like 10 years. You know what? I don't have a ringtone either. What was your ringtone 10 years ago? I, I couldn't tell you. You were like five? Was it like SpongeBob or something? Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? Yeah, I was like in junior high. It's probably some terrible pop song. Did you ever watch Beavis and Butthead? No. No, but my parents they told, me, they told me not to. Really? I don't know. It's just one of those shows that was... They're like, probably that age group, though. They probably enjoyed being some butthead. Yeah, probably. My dad probably watched some of it. <laughs> I did. Someone, someone asked me if I ever watched cartoons because I haven't. Someone asked me if it was Yeah, because on Friday you were mad. You were like, I can't, I'd never watch Space Jam because it's a cartoon. You know what, though? You know what I watched last night? Yeah. Jordan. The original. The so original I, Space Jam? I was curious what it's all about, man. Terrible. It kind of kind of was bad. It's a really bad movie. It kind of was. Bugs Bunny was okay, but not great. But, but it's I'm, one of those nostalgia in, things. If you I'm, watched it when you were ten, you probably think it's amazing. But I'm not into that kind of stuff, you know. Why didn't anybody want the Chiefs coaches? I don't get this, man. I remember Bill Moss. 
when he was on with Fesco in the morning. It was back in 2013, man. Dating myself. So if you're Andy Reid, you can hire anybody you want. And that's what he's done. You know the story of Hayden Fry, right, at Iowa? He only hired coaches he thought that could make head coaches. And you saw great coaches come out of that program. You know, Bob Stoops came out of the program, former player there, but yes, he went to Oklahoma, but Oklahoma wasn't great <laughs> shakes there for a while, were they? I mean, they weren't. Bob Stoops kind of brought them back. Then you had Barry Alvarez and what he did at Wisconsin, Bill Snyder, what he did at Kansas State. Like, not only Jim Levitt, I mean, not only did these coaches go somewhere, they went somewhere and kind of turned around Dan McCartney, all these guys, they went somewhere and kind of changed the culture, so to speak. Like, that's kind of what Andy Reid's doing. You know, Spagnuolo beat the beat the uh, undefeated Patriots in the Super Bowl. You've got guys that I think will be head coach on defensive staff, like Brendan Daly, that not only won rings with the Patriots, but here with the Chiefs. You've got guys like Dave Merritt and Sam Madison in the secondary. I think both those guys get a shot at the NFL. A little tougher for, for defensive guys to get head coaching jobs, but it'll change. The wave will change. It's about... Offensive minds now. Well, I say that, but then the Chargers went defense with Brandon Staley. Got rid of Gus Bradley, which I think is a big thing for the Chargers. He was always good against the Chiefs. And the Chiefs are like they like he was good against the Chiefs. He was. Gus Bradley. He like and he's with the Raiders now, unfortunately, but he was like good against the Chiefs. They passed on the enemy to be head coach. But this whole staff's coming back, basically. The key figures are coming back. Like, you get the key cats on defense, you get the key personnel on offense, have been the three straight AFC title games. But the rest of the league doesn't seem to – like, I can't figure it out, man. I can't figure out why Chiefs coaches don't get more of that opportunity. Because wouldn't you want to pick the brain for guys that worked for Andy Reid, especially the enemy that's been here every single day Reid has. Running backs coach, made his way to offensive coordinator. He played for Andy Reid. You heard Mark Ross. He was in Philadelphia when they brought BNME in. He played for Andy Reid. He's coached every day for Andy Reid. He knows Mahomes, knows Reid, knows everything. Still here. Still here. And you can say that about everybody. Kafka keeps staying here. He's got other opportunities probably in the NFL. Chiefs keep giving him promotions and stuff to try to keep him here. He's the heir apparent for BNME, in my opinion. It's like Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy, offensive coordinators and went to be head coaches. Peterson got himself a ring and then got himself jobless, but he still got the ring. Matt Nagy's now got a stud in Justin Fields that's going to save his ass. In my opinion, I think Justin Fields, to be honest with you, has a chance to be better than any of these rookie quarterbacks. I'll be honest with you. I think he's better than Trey Lance. He's the one I think that's going to be the best. You know, I'm I, even even more so than uh, Trevor Lawrence. Man, it's tough. Trevor Lawrence is a stud, though, man. I mean, we really haven't seen anything like him for the longest time. But you know the Trubisky's going to exist. The Dwayne Haskins is going to exist. The Josh Rosen is going to exist. Maybe the Tua. But Zach Wilson getting all the run. Yeah, he had a good year, right? But it, like COVID-shortened year. They really didn't play a bunch of talent at Brigham Young last year. The year before, he threw for 2,300 yards, 11 touchdowns, 9 picks. And yet this weird year where they scheduled Coastal Carolina, which they lost, by the way, in two days 
and he's risen up. But Justin Fields has gone to the playoffs. Like he's made his mark in the top ten of the Heisman. Well, I think they got a steal, man. I think the Broncos made this mistake not looking at him. I think the Panthers did. I think the Lions did. I think a lot of them. I don't know how we get sidetracked on Justin Fields. But I'm talking about this coaching staff. It's kind of the the thing we don't talk about. Yes, the off Jaron Reed doesn't get talked about enough, but you know, talk about the offensive line, talk about Mahomes, talk about all this. But you don't talk about this staff coming back intact and the fact that Andy Reid is the hottest thing smoking right now with his creativity. And the enemy's part of that Kafka. Mahomes and company come up with their own place too. But it's just shocking, as even Mark said, you know, being a personnel guy, that this tree has not been raided. I mean, it's weird, Grant, because even Orlando Brown, like the Chiefs need a left tackle. And you know the left tackle did not exist in this draft. The Chiefs were stuck. They were between a rock and a hard place to left tackle. But here was a team that's their rival that needs to beat him in the Baltimore Ravens willing to part ways. I've said it before. It's like Belichick calling for Eric Fisher. Like, it's the one piece they needed, which they didn't need. But if they did need it, they Chiefs wouldn't have traded him. Like, I, I don't get it, man. Are Still people good baffling. with the Chiefs? Are the Chiefs, our team's used to, and okay, the Chiefs are going to run this conference. Like, Belichick. He used to scare the hell out of people. He'd always win trades. He would scare other teams in the AFC. They were afraid of Belichick. They were afraid of that Patriots dynasty. I see a lot of the same fear from teams when it comes to the Chiefs. Again, I mentioned the fact they're 15-1 on the road in the last two years. Yeah, you can take last year with a grain of salt if you want to because of COVID and playing in front of cardboard or whatever. But regardless, they were 7-1 on the road the year before. And the coaching staff has a big part to do with it. Last year was critical because they knew with limited, with no OTAs, no preseason, no to have the same coaching staff back that knew the talent, knew the players was huge. Well, it's back again. And I can't figure it out, man. I can't figure out why you wouldn't want a piece of Andy Reid. Why you wouldn't want a, a piece of what he's been able to accomplish. It's bizarre, bro. It's bizarre. Well, we'll turn our attention to the National Football League. Obviously, Melvin Ingram, now a Steeler. I kind of wanted him here in the latest on Deshaun Watson next. Bing at night. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Riddle me this, Grant. This has nothing to do with COVID or anything else. But why did we never come up with the... I guess some people do it, but 
People don't sanitize their phones. And that might be the single dirtiest thing we own. People say it's like one of the top like five dirtiest things. But don't you agree? Absolutely. I mean, nobody carries the newspaper to the Absolutely. toilet anymore. They bring their cell phones. Because they're always tweeting or Facebooking or Snapfacing, Insta-chatting and everything on the toilet. You just leave it hanging around, leave it on the... Do you sanitize your phone? Yeah. No, you don't. I use those wipes for it. But again, what's it used for? I don't like carry them around. You just get your phone laying on the desk or whatever. But I try to. Not the screen as much, but I, I do put a screen. I have a thing over it so I can do it. But Last segment, you brought up what you watched last night. And then you brought up Hayden Fry and Bill Snyder and all that stuff. Because my mind's usually on football. Yeah, yeah, but what I watched last night was that Bill Snyder documentary, The Miracle in Manhattan, narrated oh. by Mike Rowe on YouTube. Have Mike you seen Rowe? that one? Mike Rowe? No, I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah, Mike Rowe, the Dirty Jobs guy. He narrated, narrated Bill Snyder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you not seen this? No. Look it up on YouTube. It's like an hour long. It's a YouTube deal, yeah, huh? Yeah, it's Miracle in Manhattan. This guy put it all together. Is Both- it the first trip through Manhattan for Bill Snyder or the second? Because so- I think his story the second time is really... I know he wrote a book after the first time, but to me, the second time is actually the book. It was initially billed. It's supposed to be a two-part like documentary that this guy made and he got all the interviews he interviews bill snyder for it all he hasn't put out the second part but the first part covers basically the first five years in manhattan it's really? called the foundation really good really top-notch stuff got me Re- juiced remember when they were going to get rid of football or or step down like idaho go down to one double a that's a big part of it yeah he's like i mean it's it's unbelievable to me is he when he came back for ron prince like because you know guys are willing to share information with bill snyder at that point right because they didn't think Bill would come back, all right? And then all of a sudden he did. But I remember Bill Snyder's always been kind of a, a guy that, like Urban Meyer, as good a coach as he is, like when he was at Bowling Green and stuff, he used to go visit like Bill Snyder, the usage of his quarterback, because he did a lot of that stuff Urban Meyer did with his quarterbacks in college. You go back to, you know, Josh Harris at Bowling Green, you go back to Alex Smith at Utah that Urban had. And I know, I know that there's always a fascination with Bill Snyder in Florida and the way they utilize Tebow, right? But Bill Snyder was able to watch. Like, Bill Snyder was always so micro-focused in on what K-State was doing. But when he had that time off, he was able to watch other teams and see what they're doing. And that's, you know, he, he was absorbing all this information, right? What the other teams were doing. Like, he came back with a vengeance. Like, he did. I think that's a good would be a good book for Bill Snyder, too. Like, the comeback. And he was... That close to a, a national title appearance. One oh. stupid Baylor game away. Yeah. I mean, I love the fact there's 12 teams now. Well, not yet, but there, there soon will be 12 teams. I'll tell you this much, too. Grant, I brought it up the other day. Like, Bill Snyder, that, listen, there's coaches that have, that have turned programs around, like Barry Alvarez, Wisconsin, clearly. Great job he's done there. But Bill Snyder did Manhattan is, to me, the most impressive. But not only on the football field, just the community. Sam Mellinger once wrote a great story on like the few hotels they had there before Bill Snyder. Like he doubled what the attendance at, at K-State, didn't he? Like there was a pride in that football program that built up students. I know when I took my daughter to K-State, dropped her off, we drove down the Bill Snyder highways, right? I was like, see this here? This guy basically built this thing. You see all those restaurants and stuff around town, all the hotels? That's because of Snyder and the football program. You know what I'm saying? It's not Ron Prince. It's not, I mean, Chris Kleiman's going to, I like Kleiman a lot. I think he's going to do wonders for that program. But Snyder put that town 
on the map. He made that a destination for players to go to. Not only that, he coached Jordy Nelson, who we had on last week. You know, he went there as a walk-on. He was going to be a defensive back. Bill Snyder moved him to wide receiver. Then he redshirted, and then, of course, Bill left the program. Ron Prince took over, and that's where Jordy played under was Ron Prince. But he was there when Bill Snyder. But Bill Snyder had a knack for knowing where to put guys. I had a guy from my high school, right, that went down there and was a tight end. They made him uh, academic All-American center. Ended up play, having a cup of coffee in the National Football League, but Bill Snyder you know, turned him into a, a great center. There's a good five, ten minutes on the documentary about all the – like improvements that he made, like he showed up and he said, literally every single facility you guys have here is bad. So they had to re, they literally had to start from like ground zero, basically. But guys, but guys like him are just, they're just not around anymore. You know, like Frank Beamer at Vautech, and so they still give a lot of their money to back to the school, you know? Like Bill's always doing that for Kansas State. Bill, there's a segment in the documentary. He says, I will give you my check. We have to start building ground on these new facilities. It's what he does. And the most impressive thing to me is all those handwritten notes he's written players. You go back to Mahomes and stuff at Texas Tech and all that. Like Bill Snyder would go through pens and purple pens because he would handwrite letters. If you went out and performed, he would write you a letter. And you just don't see that anymore. Like Bill, he's done it with countless athletes, right? He will write them a handwritten letter. Win or lose, he will send it. Like Carson Wentz even got one when they, when they played Kansas State, North Dakota State. It's the kind of guy he was. That was a frustrating game, too. That one I remember vividly. You remember that one vividly? Yeah, because I was like, who the hell is North Dakota State? I got learned real quick. I remember like back in 2002 when Carson Palmer and USC came to Manhattan. And that was fun. K-State fans will never, ever let Troy Palomalo forget that dirty hit he had at Terrence Newman. You guys are still on that. They'll be on it forever. They'll be on it forever. Terrence Newman, his high school coach once said the Bubba Starling was faster than Terrence Newman because he had them both. And he had Jake Sharp, too, with the Kansas. Marvin Diener, the old coach of Gardner Edgerton when Bubba was there, said that Bubba was, may have been faster than Terrence Newman. You buying that? I have no idea. I mean, I didn't really watch prime Terrence Newman at K-State, but Terrence Newman was pretty fast. Terrence played, Newman was played, a legend. played a long time in the NFL. <laughs> oh, he did. He did. He did. I mentioned Deshaun Watson, the latest on him. It was for me in Rapport. We'll have that for you next. Bing at night. Why am I watching the Giants for Seahawks? NFL Network. Because you miss football. I guess I do, bro. From the text line, 913-576-7610. Jay Southland, Toe Service text line. From the 785, lived in Manhattan most of my life. Man, it's crazy how different it is now, especially from 2000 to 2015-ish. It exploded. You see the new uh, K-State facilities there? What, South End Zone? The Shamrock Center, the Shamrock Event, or whatever it is. Their locker rooms are crazy. Like, they put a lot of money in that place, man. Will they let you leave and drink beer, though? Is that back? Yeah. So, so students can leave the game because they couldn't do that last year, right? And they were mad. So you can still go back out to the to tailgate at halftime and then return. A K-State tradition like none other. But there's some sections where you can get beer and you can't leave or something. I don't know at all. Did you ever do the Wabash Cannonball? Did you ever go and move your body from the left to the right? Did I ever do the Wabash Cannonball? Only about 
50 times or every game. Or if you go game. forward, backward. Yeah. How'd you guys, how would you guys always in sync, though? I watch that. I'm always amazed how, like, in sync you guys are, even though half of you are loaded. I mean, the loaded part almost helps. And then you, and then there's, like, a warm-up period where they, like, do, do it slowly, and half of you go forward, and the other half go back, and you just sync it up. And sometimes it doesn't work. How sometimes you're drunk. How about football? K-State's yeah, ranked seventh. I'm juiced, Big deal man. in the media poll, because they always are. I'm juiced. Like, they live in seventh. Like, they live right there. People are not bullish on this K-State team. I'm... I think they could be sneaky good. Dude, you I see think the, Skylar Thompson helps a lot. Yeah, well, Deuce is with Skylar on the Maxwell watch list. I mean, it doesn't really mean anything, but Deuce, Deuce is fun to watch. Deuce will remind you of Darren Sproles. And I think people are down on this team after what happened last year. And I think that, you know, they could make some noise. I could be off base, but. Well, they got the quarterbacks. Missouri's got the quarterbacks. You know, they got Bazelak there now. They got skill position players. The offensive line looks pretty good. Like K-State's got the future in Rubley. They're now. Will Howard's there, of course. Someone's going to have to transfer at some point. You know what's going to happen. Uh, Jeff Patterson, by the way, um, tweeted this out. He's a Oklahoma sports editor, and he also does uh, – he used to work at the KC Star and all that, but he said Johnny Bench was on the Reds' broadcast about his pick for best catcher in MLB. Quote, Salvador Perez, he kind of stands alone. <laughs> There's a respect for Salvi coming right out there. But I mentioned Deshaun Watson. That This is probably not going to be solved. I know that the interest of Deshaun Watson could end up in the division with the Raiders or Bronx. It, it, to be honest with you, it's probably going to be the Eagles. They have three first-round picks next year. That's what you know Florio was talking about. And Schefter was talking about that in Philadelphia, that Deshaun... Could end up there. We are getting, we're, we're close to Rogers' decision. He, remember, he's going to take a week off. That was last week. Well, now's the week. Now it's decision time for him. What's the latest on Deshaun? Here's uh, Ian Rappaport. It is upon us, and nothing has really changed. There's been no movement toward a potential settlement. I know both lawyers have come out and said they really have a fundamental disagreement as far as a settlement. Obviously, Deshaun Watson's people want everything to be public. The opposing attorney, Tony Busby, wants it to be completely private and, and unless they agree on that i don't see any settlement happening anytime soon obviously the criminal investigation is ongoing and it doesn't sound based on my knowledge that the Texans have made any move toward trading him at all so we've gone weeks we've gone months we've heard from basically everyone involved except for deshaun watson although he has posted on social media recently about working out and kind of getting back to football but despite all that time being passed Nothing has actually changed at all as we are just about a week to go before training camp. Don't you think, once they get all these 22 cases solved, don't you th- they wouldn't Houston be smart. He didn't want to play there. That ship has sailed. It's like Rodgers has more of a chance to go back to Green Bay than Deshaun Watson ever will with Houston. But take the picks. You already got a first-round pick. I'm sure Philly would give you two. They've got three next year anyway. If Carson Wentz plays 75% of the snaps – that goes from a second rounder to a first rounder, but they've got three first round picks. Like you could package that. You're gonna have Houston will have three next year if they get two from the Eagles. That's franchise quarterback territory. I mean, this was a once proud franchise. The Chiefs did a man. They have five open practices, only the season ticket holder. That's it. That was once a proud team, man. The Chiefs Who had season tickets to the Texans this year. The Chiefs just ended them. Like they did the Jags. Remember when everybody was talking about the Jags and that great defense? The Chiefs just, the Chiefs will just, 
They're like the Boulevard of Broken Dreams, man. You think you got something good? The Raiders are doing victory laps. The Chiefs go out there and beat them when Mahomes carries them down the field and beats them. You know, you sit here and say the Chargers. Mark was even surprised when I routed off. They're 8-2 against Chargers, 8-2 against the Raiders. They've won 11 straight against the Denver Broncos. I mean, this team is relentless. Andy Reid since 2015, 31-5 in this division. 26, and that's since uh, 15, but just in the last five years, he's 26-4. and four. And keep in mind, that does include like that Chargers game where Mahomes doesn't play and they play in the JV when they did lose the game. But he wants to win, he'll win. Like, it's just insanity, this division, and how you look at the Chiefs and how they can just own this division. I, I don't even think – is there anybody even say can be a threat within – I guess a team can finish within three games – Chiefs won a franchise record games last year. Now you're giving them the extra game. Now they get the extra game. Not only that, they get the NFC least. You're saying any team in the AFC or in the division? In the division. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, the AFC is more of a threat than the division. I mean, it is. It's way. It's just like when the Patriots are dominant, that was the team you had to knock off. You had to beat the Patriots. And the Chiefs gunned their team to beat them. That's why Spagnola's here. Pete Sweeney thinks it might be the Chargers. Give them a run for their money. Pete does like them. But I'm I'm, I'm hesitant on Herbert, though. I want to see it again. Can you back it up? Maybe that's that show me coming out, man. I mean, none of the quarterbacks. The are, none of the AFC West quarterbacks are even in the same stratosphere as Mahomes right now. Does it concern you? And I know Herbert's not the vocal leader like Mahomes is, but does it concern you? Pretend like you're a Herbert fan for a minute. The fact that he was able to audible and everything on the road when you're facing, you know, 20% capacity or no capacity in some stadiums because I do think it makes a difference that he didn't play in front of big, big crowds. Yeah. Cause you can say you can audible whatever the hell you want. The 12th man's not there. You're not sitting there going, Oh, time out, time out, time out. Cause you can't hear anything. I don't think that worries me. That I don't much. know, man. I don't know. Speaking of Pete Sweeney, he'll be on at eight o'clock Fesco in the morning tomorrow. Then of course the Brad Keller show at nine 35. Brad's put a couple good starts together. It's good to see him kind of turning things around. Josh Fernier was supposed to join uh, tomorrow at 3.30 on Carrington Harrison. But guess what? The Royals, or that's, no, tomorrow. Vern will be on, wait a minute. I'm getting things mixed up. They have a, tomorrow's a three, three, three o'clock start, right? Because they bumped the game up. It's supposed to be a night game, but they bumped it up because they of the it up Bucks game. Of the, it's a 310. So no drive pitch. tomorrow. No drive tomorrow. And then they have an afternoon game Wednesday. I'm in 10 and 12 that day, so. I get that, but yes, but yes, they did move the game up. Vern on at what two o'clock then? Yeah, yeah. Vern, Vern's on deck show too. So, if you want to hear Vern, last night was good. Vern, really good. Vern, and I, I called it shot, man. I said they lose the Orioles. I'm listening. To After you. you called the Orioles the booty call, I did, and then you called your shot on the Dark Knight Rise. But I, you know what though, I didn't though. It's I baseball. Don't know. You, you were the egging on Vern pretty good. I was. Burton doesn't deserve that either. Burton's a good man. Needs to cut his hair, though. Bottom line. Just, you say he's a good man, he doesn't deserve it, and then just take a shot like that. Thanks to Mark Ross, NFL Network, for joining this program live at 8 o'clock, which is really unusual for an NFL Network guy, so props to him for doing it. It means a lot. Great job by Grant Nicholson producing the operation. You want to check out the Mark Ross interview, you can. Sixthinsports.com. It's also retweeted and the um, Odyssey app. 
as well. I've had a lot of fun tonight, Grant. I feel like I'm fired up for training camp here in four days. Good night, everybody. Big at night. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.